Dateline, 22nd of February, 2015, and I think I'm feeling the mists of Avalon, dude. Absolutely, and welcome, folks, to the Australia Desk for episode 338. Yes, Grant, you're exactly right. We're right on the eve of uh, Avalon 2015, the Australian International Air Show. Only rolls around every two years for us, so, yeah, we have every right to get excited, I think. Yeah, I think so. There's, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, dear, here comes Avalon. It's the same old, same old. And, yeah, while there is some similarities in a lot of the areas, there's a lot of very interesting new stuff there, uh, but not just the uh, A400M from Airbus, the, the Grizzly, the, the load lifter that sits between the c one and the uh, C-17. That's going to be there. I'm looking forward to seeing that. There's going to be a really good presence of World War One aircraft, primarily from the Vintage Aviator in New Zealand and the uh, guys up in Queensland that we've had on the show with some of their replicas. I'm looking forward to catching up with them. And uh, some of the, the, well, perhaps the biggest news is something that dropped on us over the weekend, which is that an RQ-4 Global Hawk has uh, flown into into Avalon. It actually uh, it's the first time that a Global Hawk has flown into a civilian airfield and also into an air show. Um, admittedly, the air show wasn't happening at the time. It landed on Saturday night, but it's there. It's parked, and I'm yeah, I'm kind of keen to go and have a chat. I've seen the mock-ups of one, but I've never seen the real thing, and um, I'm looking forward to having a chat with a few people about them. It's an interesting terminology you use there, Grant. That was a little unfortunate, actually. Dropped onto us. I think that's the very point that they're trying to say won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, there is that. So, <laughs> Geez, I uh, crack myself up. Well, of course, you know, actually, that's good because we can probably do a report for the UAV Digest, Grant, and, you know, in- invade yet another podcast. Yeah, it's not quite a quadcopter, but hey, look at this. It's about <laughs> the size of a 737, apparently. But anyhow, no, I think it's a bit smaller than that, but it's it's got the wingspan of one. Yeah, they uh, had to work with uh, new procedures between the RAF and civilian air traffic control uh, to allow the uh, remotely piloted aircraft such as the RQ, to uh, operate in civil airspace. So this was pretty cool. And as they're saying, it's paving the way for Australia's newly acquired MQ-4C Triton. It's going to work with our uh, P-8A Poseidons when they come online as well. Yeah, so uh, that's right. In fact, the government's saying here that they've uh, purchased about seven of these uh, of these Triton. Well, up to seven. Well, up, up to, seven. to seven. There you go. So, of course, that's a lot of uh, you know elections away, but at least that's what they're saying at the <laughs> moment, Grant. And uh, so I suppose the uh, the air traffic controllers and everybody else here better get used to it because uh, whether we like it or not, UAVs are the way of the future, it seems. Indeed, indeed. They're, go- they're not going to replace manned aircraft entirely, but they're going to take over from a number of the uh, areas that either we can't keep men up there long enough or the guys get bored. You know, just orbiting the same place for hours and hours and days and days. Well, know, I can guarantee you, Grant, that they wouldn't get bored if they were flying an A400M. That's that's what I'm going to Avalon for this year. You know, Grant, it reminds <laughs> me of that time I flew in that Hercules all those years oh, ago. I'm oh, going to smack you through the Skype connection <laughs> so hard. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually the other other reason for going is uh, meeting up with everyone and uh, spending a little bit of time in the trade halls and so on and, and looking for some of the, the the different kind of things and catching up with people I haven't seen for ages. So yeah, I'm looking forward to all that. Yep. Now uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different coverage this year. Normally we do a daily coverage. Um, well, unfortunately we're a little bit stretched this year, but we're hoping to put out at least two shows. So I uh, look forward to in the Plane Crazy Down Under feed next week. Uh, we should have one while the show is on. And Well, actually, Grant, I guess by the time this show airs, it'll be this week, but we should have one while the air show 
goes on and one the week following. So, uh, you know, we always say when we're going to do an Avalon coverage, uh, you know, we've done it. What will we do, Grant? But we, once we get there, there never seems to be any shortage of content for us. So should be That's another fine. big week. Meanwhile, mate, speaking of big events and things like that, well after Avalon and into March, uh, right about the time I'll probably be in Canberra for the ballooning fiesta, we've got the uh, final flight for uh, OJA, the 747-400 from Qantas that we were talking about recently. Yeah, we were talking about it, and that's on the uh, Labor Day long weekend, in fact, coming up. So uh, that's all been confirmed now. So uh, Oscar Juliet Alpha, it'll be making its final flight from Sydney, uh, a very short flight, in fact, down to uh, Wollongong to the Illawarra Regional Airport, where it will land and uh, will presumably never fly again. So um, if you're going to be around, folks, if you've been looking for the date uh, and for some reason you've been living under a rock, perhaps, and you haven't uh, caught up with all the information coming out from the Historical Aircraft Restoration Society, a.k.a. HARS. So uh, there it is. It's uh, the 8th of March. And uh, I don't know if either of us will be able to get up there for that, which is disappointing, Grant, but uh, we'll have to send somebody from our team along. I think that's going to be a really historic occasion. And uh, boy, I tell you what, Grant, that's it's, it's a reasonable-sized airfield there at the Illawarra Regional Airport. We've been there a few times, but um, I tell you what, I reckon it's going to be dwarfed a bit by having that 747 sitting in there. It'll be awesome. I suspect you may be right. And like I said last time, I'm not sure where they're going to find space to park it. But those Haas boys, they're, they're pretty serious about what they do, and I'm sure they'll uh, they'll make room. You know, what would be really cool, Grant, is if they actually painted OJA up in a nice retro theme. That seems to be all the rage, but uh, I guess uh, that's not for every airline in the world, and particularly Air New Zealand. Our cousins across the uh, the Tasman there, they've uh, come out recently and said, nope, we don't care how much uh, everybody else, every other airline's doing it. Um, we're not going to be painting any of our aircraft in any retro themes. That's right, mate. There was some uh, thought that their next 787-9 Zulu Kilo dash November Zulu Charlie was to arrive in retro livery with the uh, classic blue and green stripe 1973 to 1996 version, the one that uh, I grew up with. And what's really interesting is that if they had have done it, um, it's November 789 Echo X-Ray, which is the 787-9 that gave that really you know, spirited performance at the 2014 Farnborough International Air Show. So they've got to repaint it anyhow because that's in Boeing house colours. So it's got to go to Air New Zealand. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't actually do it. That is interesting, Grant. According to Jody Williams, the uh, head of global brand management for Air New Zealand, in this article here in australianaviation.com.au, she says uh, they did consider it, but uh, did say that they're in the throes right now of a brand new livery of black and white, the black and white fern, and so they're already committed to ensuring that they upgrade their existing aircraft in the new paint scheme. I suppose it would send a rather confused message, but then again, Grant, they have so many themed, you know, Hobbit-themed aircraft flying around our skies at the moment, it's really hard to pick anyway. I said to you before we started recording this, what really is normal for Air New Zealand? Because all of their jets just have these really interesting paint schemes all over them, I reckon. Well, they've got the two Hobbit franchise uh, paint schemes, one with the Hobbits and Dwarves and the other with Smaug on it, and uh, they've got a few in all black livery uh, where the aircraft's entirely black including the airline's first 787-9 Dreamliner it's it's an all black paint but it's not the all black version but uh, most of their aircraft now are being repainted to have a white body the empennage is black so the last uh, last fifth of the fuselage is black with a white fern on it and then the tail is black with the white coru on it well I gotta say Grant if you compare it to the the you know sort of the green and blue and white scheme it actually it looks sensational I must say so yeah actually I'm supportive of that I did notice uh, interestingly uh, recently that Lufthansa rolled out a uh, 7478i uh, in a retro livery and that looked pretty cool actually but uh, no, I don't think the Retro Air New Zealand one. It looks a bit daggy, to be honest with you. Well, we can't wrap up this report without first talking about the uh, Red Bull Air Race. So, fantastic kicked off in Abu Dhabi a week or so back. And uh, great news, Grant. Well, great news if you're Australian. Matt Hall came second. Woohoo! 
go Matt. Yay. A, a really good result. And I'll tell you what, Grant, uh, he only came second to Britain's Paul Bonham by uh, 0.084 of one second. Let's hear what Matt had to say about that. Yeah, happy, happy of, you know, to be on the podium, but uh, to be that close is kind of frustrating. Uh, we flew a really good plan today. We, we, apart from a pylon hit, I flew exactly the times and the lines I was hoping. So to miss by eight hundredths of a second at the end, you know, that's like uh, just a, a cut, about a metre or so of, uh, of aircraft length. So um, uh, the winglets definitely uh, are what's uh, giving us that edge. So we're typically last year, we're always hanging about half a second uh, yeah, off the pace with, uh, with those guys. Uh, I've now got capacity and I think we've got room to move with them as well because we still don't know which areas the maximum advantage is that I can target. So we're just trying to fly smoothly and let the winglets do their job, but we can do more. Well, I wouldn't say it's a warning, but uh, I, think, uh, I think I can uh, get more out of the planes. So they can get more out of their planes as well. So we'll see what happens in Japan. And that audio courtesy of the Red Bull uh, Air Race content pool. And uh, i tell you what, Grant, his uh, MXSR is looking fantastic now. He's taken a leaf out of uh, Nigel Lamb's book and he's got some really, really groovy looking winglets on that aircraft. And uh, yeah, he's saying they're experimental. I'm tipping they're here to stay. Yeah, well, they may tweak them a little bit more, but after what we've seen at the start of the season, I doubt he'll be taking them off. Mind you, Grant, the next race is about three months away. So if he's going to do some tweaking, he's got plenty of time to do that. No, that's that's handy to know. Maybe I can win Lotto in that time and finally get to see a Red Bull Air Race. I've never seen one. It's in Japan, I think. So maybe we should head over there. We need a holiday, Grant. We work too hard. I know. Well, you do. do. I work for the railways. (laughs) Yeah, well, I didn't want to say it. Well, enough lamenting for this week. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. See you at Avalon.